State of Digital Publishing is a publication and community for digital publishing and media professionals in new media and technology. In this special edition episode, we speak with Irene McKisson, Principal Executive at AZ Luminaria, and Alicia Benjamin, founder at the Charlotte Voice about the Google News Playbook and their journey as early-stage news entrepreneurs. Arizona Luminaria is a nonprofit newsroom dedicated to truly local news and community-centered journalism. The Charlotte Voice is a publication giving marginalized people the information and resources they need to make a change in their communities. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Today, we've got a, a special podcast episode. We've got quite a few people on today. There's been an announcement of the Google News Playbook, and we've got Irene and Alicia are from their respective publications. Um, Irene hasn't recently launched their new one as of today, of this of the time of the recording. So, Irene, Alicia, thank you so much for joining. I guess just before we dive into the Google News Playbook and share some of the lessons there, I'll just ask maybe... We'll start with Alicia just to share her background and yeah, respect to and Irene yourself as well after after that. So Alicia, maybe if I can pass it over to you, that'd be perfect. Well, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, but I've lived in Charlotte since about 2007. And I've lived here for so about 15 years. And I decided to create the Charlotte Roys because I wanted to give marginalized communities in Charlotte information and resources that they could use to make a change in their lives and enhance their lives and also inspire them to become more engaged in the community. So, and I've worked as a journalist, as a freelancer and some full-time. I've freelanced for the Charlotte Observer, a local publication, Q City Metro. I've also freelanced for the Wilmington News Journal in Delaware. And right now I serve as the editor of Pride Magazine in Charlotte, which serves African-Americans in the Charlotte community. So thank you for having me. And we we did launch today. <laughs> Very exciting. So we're a new startup based in Arizona, and we are building a nonprofit news organization for the entire state of Arizona. The three of us, we have three co-founders and we all come from local news inside Arizona. I worked in local news for 18 years before I left in August to start this organization. Yeah. Um, and we've been working since then on the background stuff, the stuff that we needed the GNI playbook for to get to today, where we're launching with stories from freelancers. We're also just got to the point where we are hiring our first reporter. So all the work up to this point has been that early stuff, figuring out the business model and how to get to sustainability, trying to uh, decide how to use the information that we have about our audience to write the things that they really need. There's a big information gap in Arizona. The news organizations in our state, especially outside the big metro areas have been being reduced and reduced and reduced for a long time until we're at a point where there are huge news gaps for people like Alicia, for people who are trying to make change and be engaged in their community. It's, it's getting more difficult to do that because they can't find the information they need to do it. So AZ Luminaria is going to try to fill those gaps for people. And as we grow, we hope to be able to fill more and more of those gaps. Like you said, the gap's always closing. There's, there's always been that in the industry, that coverage about that. And the fact that be a bigger, bigger place as well, that they're, they're coming in and trying to cover that, but there's that still gap there. How did you guys take that 
step in saying, yes, I'm going to take that chance of doing this. And was the Google News Initiative a support? Like, did that give you confidence in doing that? Or, or did you guys say like, I'm just going to give it a go irrespective and this Google News Initiative came up. How did you guys take that opportunity and that gap to, to make that decision? Well, yeah, I've always wanted to create a project similar to this. And I have on my own tried to inform people about informational resources that they could use to enhance their lives and to make a change in the communities and just become more involved. And so I found out about the Google News Initiative Boot Camp, and I just decided to apply and got in. And I really needed that guidance and from the mentors that are there because I really didn't have a map to you know guide me on this you know journey of creating a news outlet. And so the boot camp is eight weeks, and each week we had assignments that helped us create our kind of firm up our ideas and set clear goals and understand what customers we wanted to serve to create a business model. They talked to us about things like registering a business, just a lot of practical things, how to test ideas and some information on sales and marketing. At the end, we pitched our idea. So it's been very helpful. For us, we we were kind of in the midst of deciding what to do and how to do it. And we were using the playbook early on as kind of a, a resource for that. We were using it to kind of look through the pros and cons of the business model, whether to be for-profit or nonprofit, how to, what kinds of things might be in our revenue stream. And especially we were using it to look at what other early stage new startups had done, like looking for examples of how it had worked for other news organizations, and then kind of reaching out to those places to get some mentorship and some support. So we used the playbook really early when we were trying to kind of pin down how to do what we had in mind. And then like Alicia, we were in the, the boot camp, which was it was a, it was really helpful in that it, it, it required a lot of accountability and there was a lot of structure. And like Alicia was explaining, you, we have assignments and things that are due that week and you had better get it done or you're going to fail your homework assignment, <laughs> which was is really helpful when you have so much going on as a startup. It's really difficult to kind of prioritize what needs to be done now and what needs to be done next. And the playbook does a really good job of walking you through that structure and the boot camp also in a more direct way made us kind of focus and write through our mission statement and our value proposition in a really thoughtful way and to get it to a place where it's just ready to go, which is really helpful. Yeah, definitely that laser focus is that's something that you you want to have and that backing because otherwise you're just going to, so I think you lost much longer to get there. What did you both find the commonality between the participants of this bootcamp? And, I mean, did, have you both met each other virtually during this session and like yeah the support that came out of or that alumni or that support as you say come, came out of this whole process I guess I should say I know Irene and her team are farther along in their project than I am and so in the boot camp there were about 24 of us and half of the class were people like me just with an idea and so I was just starting and Irene and her team, there were maybe 12 groups that 
they were they maybe have they had created maybe a digital publication and maybe they were in the early stages but they had they were farther along in the process and so we we were grouped by our experience I think we were called elephants and Emu, what was it? Emu, Emu. So I was part of the elephant, the, the people with who were early starters. And so we did meet each other virtually. I know we had peer-to-peer assignments. And so we would meet and talk about our, our ideas and problems we were running into or things, we clarification on some things. And I don't remember what else, what else were we in the peer-to-peer groups were we talking about? I mean, I don't remember. I remember one peer-to-peer we were talking about how we were, it was an assignment about how we were going to test something. There was a right, um, right, an right. assignment to, to test something. And so we had peer-to-peer groups where we were t- talking through like, well, what, what what were we going to test and how are we going to do it? Which right. is really helpful no matter where you are in the process, right? Because you've got people who have have done that already and can offer some perspective, but then you've got people who, have maybe a problem that nobody has tried to test before. And so you get that kind of like the cohort brain power of trying to figure out how to do this thing that's really important. That's the thing I like about being in a group like that is everybody always has something um, to contribute or something you might not have thought of before. And getting thrown together in that group really brings all of that up to the surface, which is always lovely. Nice. Going back to the playbook of it and tying that back into identifying the problems that your respective publications trying to solve. How did you look at what past startups or past organizations have done and said, I guess I want to just try to help our audience learn about identifying their need state and validate that. So how did you both respectively able to say, yes, this is the problem I'm trying to solve and determine your model before starting from the GNI and how did that help you shape or validate that as well? Well, I guess part of the process is to determine what problem you're trying to solve for your audience. And so create, develop the, the problem and then refine the target audience, the characteristics of the target audience. And so we, there was a, we had to create a lean canvas for our project and that's a business model for the idea. And so we had to think clearly about the problems that we wanted to solve, the solutions that we wanted to present, like the unique value proposition and really solidify the customer segment, that that initial customer segment, early adopters and think about uh, cost structure, written what revenue streams we thought that we would need. And we did look at some other news outlets that had started not too long ago, and then some were more established. And I don't know, that was that was helpful to just see they, what their process was and their journey. And some people had written about that. And some of the articles that we read were written by people who had established some publications, I think. The link canvas helped. And, and even if, yeah, I guess some of your past experience would have helped to, to see some of that and validate that. Would you say that that's a similar, how would you say that that's your, for you, Irene? The boot camp was really helpful to hear like one-on-one from other organizations that had done that. We also used the playbook has like a resources section, which they expanded in this 
second one, which is nice because we used the resources section in the first one and really liked it, which has just such practical stuff in it, like the media kits from a bunch of different organizations so that you, you can see them and, and maybe use them as a template um, for your own media kit or like uh, the legal documents that you might need. Like there's so much that you you don't even think about when you're just, when you have an idea where you, you want to do great journalism and serve this audience, there is, there's a huge like array of other things that you have to do that aren't in that wheelhouse. And I, I found it really helpful that those documents like even when we didn't even know we needed it, we're sitting there for us to to kind of go look at and realize like, oh, oh yeah, we're going to need a founder's agreement. Like, what, is, what does that look like? <laughs> and like, oh yeah, like, yeah, I guess we need an ethics policy because we know what it is, but we're going to need to spell it out for our readers. So like, what, what do other ethics policies look like? What are other people doing? And I, I found that super helpful so that you don't have to invent the wheel every single time you want to do something you can take a look at what um, other organizations who maybe have the same philosophy as you have done and kind of take that as a starting place and, and build on it. So that was incredibly helpful to me. And then I think they've added um, more kind of case studies and more first-person experiences from founders, which I also find just so helpful. And that's some of the stuff we got in in the boot camp too, was having somebody speak to us about their kind of experience and we got to ask questions about well, how did you solve this problem and, and, and hear from somebody who's been through it, which is really helpful when it feels like, like you're the only person walking this path, but you're not really. So I think it's helpful to have all of that surfaced and to have the connections to other like-minded organizations so you can reach out to them. I found that really helpful, especially in the nonprofit journalism world in the U.S. I can reach out to founders and they're just so welcoming and helpful and they just want you to have a smooth path and teach you what they've learned as they kind of pulled themselves through it. This episode is brought to you by State of Digital Publishing, a platform and network for digital publishing professionals. Become a member and receive access to exclusive insights, reports, how-to guides, ready-to-use templates, and other resources for digital publishers. Click Become a Member to learn more. The reason why I was asking this was like, there's there's a lot of people that I've I've gone through a similar path. I've like you, Alicia. I've done a lean canvas and you try to identify and honing on on the audits and the revenue streams. But until you don't dive in and try try right. publish yourself, sometimes you're not hundred percent sure. Sometimes people what they do do is like they'll create like a newsletter or they'll create like a Substack or how the Substacks become more of a rage and more more mainstream and you hear more of the stories of how people are starting to use the audience and move it to doing something that's a more profitable niche. Like looking back, do you feel like that that aspect of having that, trying that out and validating it that way is still beneficial? Or do you think that going through this boot camp and this approach of looking at previous case studies is more of a way to validate your idea? Like what, what path do you see? new startups and publishers need to take or do you think do you think that each each to their own is that something that as as you think depending on your experience and your understanding of the of this view that you have to take your own journey what, what are your thoughts okay well so two things there i think one is that when we came into it we had a hypothesis about what it might look like we had some previous new startup experience a little bit and so we knew 
we knew what the the base of a revenue stream would be. Like we thought we 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 thought we knew what it would be, but I think the benefit in in the the playbook and the boot camp and and anything else like that, talking to other founders, is that you could kind of test that. You can say, I I think this is what's going to work. What has worked for you? Has that been true? Or as we work through the lean canvas, like Alicia brought up, like d- did that bear out as we kind of delved into the details of it, and then in the kind of iterative process, right? As we launch, we're also still thinking about those things. Like, is this working and should we pivot? And were we right about this hypothesis about revenue? Did this bear out? Do we need to change? And and adding in other things as they come up because this industry is just, it's in disruption, right? And so there's just, there's new revenue streams every day from somebody who says, I thought of this thing and I've been doing it. It's working great. And so you, you kind of, you have to look and assess and say, is that right for what we're doing? Does that make sense? Do we want to try it? Is that an experiment we want to try? So I think a lot of it is just being open to, to being that flexible and, and to being a nimble startup, I think is really valuable in that you can say, I was wrong about this and we are not going to do this thing anymore, right? Like, and, and being humble enough to be able to do that to make sure that the, the product that you end up with is streamlined and thoughtful and working the way you thought it would. So I think that's how those tools were valuable to us coming into it because it is a little bit personal, but those tools give you a, a way to test what it is that that your unique mix Um of revenue. Yeah, I I remember what stands out for me is Philip, the director of the boot camp and the mentors talking about people who had ideas for projects and started projects without doing any kind of testing or much thought about what services or resources or information an audience would need. I mean, what problems that they would solve. And so lots of people start project, but most don't succeed because they haven't thought through all of the details about the audience, target audience and revenue streams and that type of thing. So, and this was the, 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 this was really the only instruction I've ever uh, received about starting, uh, starting a business, a small business. And so this was very helpful for me. This is the only way that I would know how to do it now. So I'm just thankful for that insight. And uh, and what they did was each week, they would incorporate aspects of the playbook in the, the lesson and the assignments. So it was pretty seamless. They picked out those resources and, and information that would help us in you know each aspect of building our business plans and projects. So it sounds like from both you, Alicia, and I mean, like, I guess other publishers that are looking to start something, so long as you have like an environment similar to GNI and you see other examples that you could potentially work on the ID, have the ID solid enough to then launch as opposed to jumping, would, you, would that be fair to say? I mean, I think jumping is okay. As long as you're, willing, <laughs> you're willing to to do the work as you jump. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, go ahead, ahead, Irene, no, go. Oh, I was just going to, like, 
agree with your point earlier about as journalists, a lot of the entrepreneurs in our field right now are just really dissatisfied reporters and editors, like people who've come out of a news business. They didn't start a news business. And so that business piece of it, I think, is the piece that many of us are missing. Like, I've never started a business before. I (laughs) I don't know all the little bits and pieces that I need to do that. And so having a place where those things are kind of list for you, where you can work through them and think through them and what you need to do next. I think that support is really, really important if if we want to support news entrepreneurs coming out of the news business. Because for very good reasons, we are journalists are separated from the news side of an or the business side of an operation. And so we often just don't know how they're set up or how they're run. Or we work for a big corporate chain where we're 700 layers removed from the actual business operations. And so getting that education, I think is super important, even if you're just ready to being able to do that, to do that work of like, well, you do need a contractor for your freelancer or that kind of stuff where you don't realize you need it until you need it. Yeah. I mean, if, even if you're an executive of a media organization as well, there's still even like silos within that as well, like where you're either taking care of a product or you're either like revenue side or that's what I said. So definitely be with what you're saying. When were you both happy with saying, now I can call the Charlotte Voice and hire in your brand? When did you guys say like, I've got what I need enough to launch? When, when did you make that deciding factor? Well, for me, it's with the end of the boot camp and just being convinced by Philip and the other mentors, Graham Watson Ringo and Joe Ellen Kaiser, that it's okay to start small. And so initially I thought I would come out of the boot camp starting a a digital news site or a newsletter, but they convinced me that it's okay to just start on social media, which is what I'm doing now. You know, I started in November and I post informational resources and some short news bits to Twitter and Instagram. And so that's what I've been doing. And so I had a saw, I guess you'd call, call it a soft launch, I guess. And I had, ultimately, my, my goal is to start either a newsletter or a digital site. And I haven't decided yet. For us, we, we also had the same experience. And I think the boot camp was helpful in that way to kind of push us to do something, to launch something and to not let perfection get in the way of wearing something out, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's an easy thing to do. I think you're like, it's not exactly what I wanted, so I will just wait. But I think the danger there um, is that you're waiting forever and then it never feels like the right time. So we also, like Alicia, got a good push to just get something up. And so what we got up by the end of the um, boot camp was a, a splash page, basically. And we called it a founding member campaign. So we were raising money from um, small donors uh, via this this webpage that we got up. And, and we did end up raising about $25,000 from small donors from this webpage. So it was a great push for us before we'd even started publishing. So if we had waited, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have raised that money before we got to launch. And, it, and, it, and that money is directly allowing us to hire our first reporters. So huge value in just doing the thing and, and figuring it out as you go, like doing it in an informed way, but doing it even if you're uncomfortable. And that was, that was a big value for us, I think. This episode is brought to you by State of Digital Publishing, a platform and network for digital publishing professionals. 
Become a member and receive access to exclusive insights, reports, how-to guides, ready-to-use templates, and other resources for digital publishers. Click Become a Member to learn more. Alicia, what's, what's a win that you, you feel comfortable sharing? I think even any win is a win as well. Like The fact that you guys have come to this point is a win, but was there any other wins that other news entrepreneurs should like take uh, relish on? Because sometimes I think even myself, like you're a bit hard on yourself and you're like, well, we haven't reached sort of a milestone or a certain thing that I wanted to achieve. Is there any other wins that you feel like entrepreneurs should relish in or take stock of that maybe they, you should you haven't done when you're in your previous role? I guess just gaining followers on social media and some people engaging with the Charlotte Voice online and people reaching out to me via email, the Charlotte Voice email and just getting encouragement from people in the community at this stage. I mean, that definitely keep, gives you the personal drive to keep going, for sure. That's nice. What, what are, a question for both of you. What are the like day-to-day things or like the monthly or medium, short to medium term things that you have put for yourselves to validate and say, yes, I'm, I'm hitting this milestone. That means I'm, I'm on the right path. That means I have to iterate. Like what are the things that you've put for both of you to make sure that you keep that one if you like Alicia. That's a it's a good question because it is a thing that we think a lot about. What are what's what success gonna look like? And how can we how can we make sure that, that we're uh, measuring what's happening so that we know if we're successful or not. So uh, we're thinking a lot about audience and audience goals. So for us, that's gonna mean newsletter signups, gonna mean website visitors. And we're looking to build a loyal audience. So we're thinking more like we're thinking very deeply about what does a loyal audience look like, which is why we're looking at newsletter subscribers and return visits to the website, because we want to make sure that we're not building something that somebody looks at one time and never comes back to from the beginning. So that that's where our kind of ne- next lens is, is as we start publishing, how can we build a big audience because we're building a statewide audience, which is tricky in and of itself, especially in our state, which is a a big geographically very large state. So how do we make sure that we're still making stories that are relevant to people? And how do we make sure that we are creating loyalty in those readers so that they really find what we're doing valuable and then we'll come back again and again. So some of the ways we're going to do that is through interviews, we'll do surveys and we'll collect We'll collect analytic data and then we will use that to to iterate. And so that might inform beats that we're not yet doing. It might inform products that we're not yet doing. Maybe one community needs a text-based product versus a newsletter-based product or something like that. So now that we have gotten to launch and have some stories, we are now thinking about how frequent do those stories need to be? What do the analytics look like on them? What is the feedback that we're getting on it? And how can we use that to make sure that we're hitting our, our audience goals? Sorry, just on, on that point, like how much for G and I did they suggest for you guys to reevaluate that or yeah, the feedback loop, I guess, what, what do they say the cycle should be for news publishing? Yeah, I, well, there was definitely a lot of emphasis on measurement, on measuring success and on tracking that, which I think is really helpful and something that we, we know we need to do. So we definitely got a lot of help from our coaches on uh, a lot of like gentle reminders, like 
if that's your goal, what does success look like? And how will you measure that kind of push every time you have a goal? And I think it's just good to have somebody who's kind of holding you accountable to that and reminding you that you need to measure it to see. We got a lot of help with that founding members campaign I was talking about in terms of like, well, how many founding members do you, would is success, which is, I think, a great question and maybe not one that you would answer yourself, right? And so having somebody kind of push you every time you have an idea that you want to do, you're going to launch a newsletter. How many subscribers do you need and what will success look like there? And how, and then how can you get there? So definitely in the bootcamp coaching, we got a lot of help there. And then in the playbook, there's, there's a lot around that kind of measurement, the loyalty measurement and the audience research that goes into a lot of that goal setting. Thank you for that. Yes. So success for me, especially in the beginning stages now would be the number of subscribers that I can get, social media engagement, and the number of surveys that I can complete, just consistently reaching out to people to to get them answer questions, interviewing people in the community about uh, what their needs are and how they get their news and that type of thing. And in the boot camp, and I'm pretty I'm sure this tool came from the Google playbook. There was, they had us complete a revenue mix and leading indicate document. And so we did that and tried to try to state what, what we hoped for, like to gain in the first quarter or second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and that type of thing. Come up with like goals for each quarter. So, yeah, that was helpful. That's good. Appreciate that. I guess with all of this, like we've, we focused quite a bit on measurement and, and everything else, but um, going back and I mean, we talked about this briefly on the defining the problem, but the mission and values, I mean, for both, both of your publications and your brands, that's, I think, a key aspect of that, which is going to attract the audiences that you guys are serving, underserved audiences. I guess two parts to my question, how much of that do you focus on in the beginning and and when do you take, take stock of that and say, am I actually achieving that? I don't know that you guys are still fairly early in the phase, but like, when do you think, or when, what did GNI advise you guys and when to reevaluate that or to, to determine how to keep building on that mission and equity around that? I don't know. I always keep in mind what my mission is and what I want to offer people, what problems I want to solve yep. and deeply entrenched, connected to the community and consider myself as part of, I would be part of this target audience. So I feel like I know what people, what information they would, would need or what, what resources they might need or how they might want to engage in the community. And so I'm, con- I'm trying to connect myself with community organizations, community centers, the city council. I'm constantly looking at the city council agenda and county commission and school board. And my daughter went through the public school system. So I know what the needs are and what the concerns are. And so just being involved in the community, I think gives me a leg up on knowing what people in the community community would, you know, need and, and what resources they might. So they are being continued integrated within that, if I answer correctly, is going to help you to continue to tweak and, and just make sure that you're aligned with the mission and values. Right. Talking to people in the community, being involved in the community, which I am, I have been 
think I'm left here. No, I think that's very fundamental. That's very true. So no, thank you for that. How about, how about you? So because we're a nonprofit, we are uh, mission-based. Everything we do is about our mission. So, And we have a board that holds us to that, right? So we have kind of a check and balance built into the way we're organized, which actually is one of the reasons we chose nonprofit is because we felt that the mission was so important and that as a nonprofit, we were able to focus on the mission in a way that we might not be able to if we were for profit. And so I think that we've kind of made a, a line there. And so like Alicia says, paying attention to what the community really needs is a way to make sure that we are being true to our mission, but we are also measuring everything we do against it. So it is it feels more important than it did at a at a for profit news organization. And I and I really appreciate that actually. The boot camp was also really helpful in getting us to kind of focus it down really narrowly to make sure that what we had, that every word meant something and that the language was powerful and that we were saying what we meant. And that was really helpful for other reasons too, because that it's on our website and it's what we say we'll do, but we're also using it all over the place. We're applying for grants, for example, and that mission is the base for how we say what we're going to do and why we're going to do it. And so having having the mission and values is incredibly valuable for lots of reasons, uh, not least among, not least is the piece of what we're doing. So as we're raising philanthropical dollars through grants, the having a really clear mission and value statement has been really helpful for us in applying for those things and explaining why why we're doing the thing we're doing, like why this is important. So Alicia, do you have any intentions of maybe having an editorial advisory or something like that as well, check, to having a different check of balance? The reason why I'm asking this is to distinguish between non-profit and profit as well. Is it important to have a board or something to have a check and balance or do you think the community enough is would give you that sense of understanding the mission, make sure you're checked with the mission and values. Yes, I think I definitely need an editorial board. And I've been thinking about people who I'd like to ask to become involved recently. So definitely, I, I need that. What's both of your advice in terms of, because particularly for newer startups, you might not have the confidence to actually ask people, like, what's, what would be your tip around getting someone's buy-in or getting them to believe in, in, in what you guys are doing? I would say it's, it's in that, it's in that mission and values. I mean, it's why you're doing the thing, like in your heart, exactly what the problem is yeah. and how, how you're going to solve it. Explaining to, it makes it much easier to say, can I get you on my side? Can you, can you help me with this thing that is so important? And here's why it's important. And here's why it's related to you. I think that too is is kind of finding the commonality. You might not ever have thought that you would, and I'm going to use funding as an example here, but this could also be for joining a board or something like that. But you might not have thought that you wanted to fund journalism, but you are really, you think it's very important that people be engaged in their communities and then kind of aligning yourself with that, right? Like journalism helps people get the information that they need to be engaged in their communities. And so if you can help us do this thing, this thing that you think is really important. So I think a lot using your way about what you're doing and how that really helps communities can allow you to align with people who you, you need to get on your side to be on a board or to be a reader or to be a donor or any, any number of those things. Yeah, I think definitely having the mission, stating your mission clearly, how you're going to serve people, being authentic in voicing the mission. And just letting people know how, how you're 
providing an unmet need in the community, you know, stating and delineating how you're different from the competition. And that's one of the exercises they gave us also, do some research on competition in the area. And so we did that and that helped and to solidify in our minds how we're different, how we differ from the competition. Do you think soft skills like networking or like presentation stuff, do you think having that mission very clear and being able to connect with people authentically might overcome some of those softer skills that might be not as a powerful first-time entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs as well? Or like, what are your thoughts about the balance between having both of those side of the sides? Yeah. Yeah, being authentic helps knowing what your mission is. But we did practice. We did a, we, each of us had to do a pitch at the end of the boot camp, which was very, very, very helpful. So I'm sure we will be able to use aspects of those pitches from now on. So, yeah, so that was a great, a great point, Alicia, because we are using that pitch. Like I use that <laughs> pitch every day. Yeah. And that was a very helpful exercise. Yeah. So definitely, so definitely keep practicing your pitches, whoever's listening, irrespective if you've been able to go into the boot camp or not. That's different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Practice with other people too. I found that very helpful. Like, can, I don't expect you to, to fund me right now. I just, I, in an advisory capacity, can you listen to my pitch and tell me, did it align with your values? Did you find it powerful? Like, like you can use that as a, as a way to get somebody on your side too. And, and it would be like, even the case of like someone who's like maybe a relative or your family member, like saying like, if, if they don't understand it, sort of that, they don't understand it then. And it's definitely yeah. friends, family, definitely you have to test it out on them first. Um, I think they even told <laughs> us that. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, for sure. Particularly for community mission driven uh, initiatives in terms of closing our conversation, I guess, what would be the one main assumption about GNI or about starting your startup that you had an assumption but was definitely different what's one of the lessons that you can also share with our audience yeah I'm trying to think of an assumption that we had that we were holding that we that we changed on I think some of it is around like launching and what it would take to launch but I think we we had an assumption that we need we need a lot of resources around a launch and that we needed to be publishing before we could ask people to become members to support us financially. And that wasn't true. We just needed to ask. We just needed to make the ask. And I think that's a, a big assumption that we had is that we would need something to show to, we would need stories before um, we could get to that place. And, and that wasn't true. So I, that was really helpful in the boot camp to, to have that push to just, to just do it, just ask, even if you're not quite ready. And that really paid off for us. And so I think that was a, that was a really helpful push. Yeah, I think this assumption I had was that you had to start this, this project, you know, fully fleshed. Everything had to be all, all thought out and complete. But it's okay to start somewhere and, and test out your ideas and test out your, your idea for your project and to make changes. It's okay to pivot and, and say, okay, that's not working. So try this. They, people may not want what you think, what you want to offer. And so you find out what they need and then pivot your idea to match the needs of the community. I think that leaves us with a positive tone with a positive way to say thank you to you both for your time and, and to show you experience so far. I look forward to hopefully having another conversation even 
towards the end of the end saying how, how you both are going and appreciate the Google News Initiative in setting up this initiative to allow many entrepreneurs like yourselves to get started. So Alicia, Aria, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the State of Digital Publishing Podcast. Listen to past and upcoming episodes across all major podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and join our community groups. Finally, visit stateofdigitalpublishing.com for premium information, resources, and become a member today. Until next time.